Welcome to the Board of Publications Candidates Town Hall Meeting. I'm going to introduce you to the candidates, and then we're going to uh, open with a question. And then, is that better? Um, and then the floor will be open for all of you to ask questions, as well as all of you from ACB Radio. So running for president of ACB is Dan Spoon. Dan is from Orlando, Florida. He's a retired businessman. I'm sorry, Dan, I forgot to ask you the name of the company you work for. Um, and running for first vice president is Mark Reichert, who lives in Arlington, Virginia, and he works for the National Disability Institute. Running for second vice president, oh, did I say, re I did. Running for second vice president is Ray Campbell. Ray is from Glen Allen, Illinois, and he works for United Airlines as, um, you know, a technical guru. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking, I didn't prepare very well for this. Um, and uh, running for secretary is Denise Cauley, and she's from Lacey, Washington. And Denise uh, is retired, and, um, and, you know, a person who knows everything about everything. Um, and uh, running for treasurer is David Trott from Talladega, Alabama. And he is also retired and has a wealth of experience with vending and everything else in between. Uh, and uh, we have a potential board vacancy. So running for that vacancy, we have two candidates, or two announced candidates. One is Fred Scheigert, who lives in Saratoga Springs, New York, and he owns a harness racing stable. And we also have Donna Brown from Romney, West Virginia, and Donna is a technical support specialist uh, in special education in West Virginia for the whole state. So uh, we're going to let Paul ask the first question, and then the floor is yours, and we hope you all ask lots of interesting questions. Very good. So we want our audience to be thinking of all sorts of um, challenging questions for our candidates so that we can keep everybody wide awake and interested. That's your job. So the first question, while you're thinking of all of your more exciting questions to, to all of the candidates, um, is the American Council of the Blind consists of a lot of affiliates and a lot of work that's being done at the national level. What will you do to try to make the balance between meeting the needs of grassroots members and national issues. And we will start with our presidential candidate, Dan Spoon. How long do you... And you have one minute. One minute. One minute, okay. Um, thank you, Paul, and good evening, everybody. Thank you for attending the forum uh, uh, town hall meeting this evening. Uh, <clears throat> well, I think we have to be involved at all levels of ACB. I've uh, served as a uh, all offices, I believe, <laughs> from first, second uh, president and treasurer of my local chapter. I've been uh, membership secretary, first and second uh, vice president uh, for our, my state affiliate, and have served on the board for seven years, the last two as uh, first vice president. Uh, issues are not, to me, just local or national issues. They affect all of us. So. Uh, for example, the, the um, lobbying for accessible voting, which we have done so hard in the state of Florida for the last, uh, gosh, 10 years probably, Paul, but had success this year, that sex success of accessible uh, machines translates from the state all the way to the national Hi. level. Thank you so much. Good evening. Thanks so much for spending time with all of us candidates. Uh, this is a real pleasure for, for all of us, I know, and, and, and for me. Uh, um, who has not been very politically involved, so to speak, in ACB. Uh, wow, what an education uh, to uh, do a lot of caucuses and have a chance to hear from a lot of people. And uh, what seems to me to be a common theme that unites uh, just about everybody uh, is not so much data and grand ideas about how we can accomplish this or that approach to whatever the issue is we most care about. It's, it's stories. Um, 
when you start to hear people talk about somebody that they remember, maybe who passed away at a particular uh, time, and they say, you remember when she or he did such and such? Or remember when we did this particular thing? Or remember that particular challenge that we faced? It's being able to remember and tell stories that work for all of us. So that's what I'd like to help cultivate. First, just a quick second. Um, I'm glad we waited tonight till we had the ALD set up to make sure everyone had access. That was very nice. That was very good. Uh, <clears throat> this question really, to me, goes at the heart of something that I think is very important, and that is one of the things I hear locally a lot of times is, well, why do we need to be a part of ACB? What's, what's a part of it? And my answer to that is, you know, we can just come up with a lot of issues at the national level that need to be worked on, accessible pedestrian signals and Medicare coverage, but it's really the grassroots members at the local level that make that stuff happen. You know, accessible signals don't, Clark and Claire don't make that happen in Glenellan, Illinois. Those of us who live in Glenellan, Illinois make that happen. And so... We can, we can bring a lot of issues and important work down from the national level, but it's really the boots on the ground, as David Trott says, the local level, that get it done. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. So, Fred, your turn. Thank you. Uh, well, um, uh, we need the funding to put those boots on the ground, and... Uh, I ought to know, I, I provide the scholarship for the CCLVI group, uh, and uh, I, I'd like to be a, a part of that sort of thing at the, uh, at the national level as well. Uh, thank you. Very good. So, Ms. Denise. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you for everyone being here this evening. I believe that as ACB secretary, my contribution to the board and to the membership is in the area of communication. And communication is what I believe to be my strong suit. And in order to balance the grassroots membership with the issues, it's all about making sure it's being communicated to them what those issues are, what is happening, what still needs to happen, and really encouraging people to get involved on their local level, helping them understand the importance of what's happening on the national level, that we're not so far removed from the general membership that we can't know and understand their issues. So mine is to listen and to communicate. Thank you. Ms. Donna? Yes. Wait, okay, I got it. Um, so I really like the board liaison program, and in West Virginia we've been fortunate to have some great liaisons, but I, I think that's a way of connecting um, members at the, our, in, in our case, you know, the state affiliate level, local chapter, state affiliate level with national, and, and so it's an opportunity to discuss some of the issues that um, national is working on and how we can bring it down to the grassroots level. Uh, so I, I, I hope to see that board liaison program continue and, and it's been real good for West Virginia. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Trott. Thank you. I, I look at it a little differently. I think we've already got it going on. Uh, like Donna mentioned, the board liaison program, but also uh, the hiring of Cindy Van Winkle uh, we started back at the leadership conference that we used to call the president's meeting back in February, having a membership seminar and a fundraising seminar that we actually got the message back to the people attending what we did, how it went, uh, and it went great. Everybody participated. And so we're beginning to move forward already. I think that what we're going to have to do is keep our ears open and what we hear respond to what we hear, not just sit back and say, this is something that needs to be done. We need to be doing it, and we need to be communicating back that we're doing what, what we need to do, and we need to be available to people, and our information needs to be out there where people can understand that we really are open now. Thanks. Good job. Right on time. So... <laughs> Do, um, do we have a question from the audience? If you have a question, raise your hand if you would, 
and we will come and find you. This is Erica Evans from Arkansas. Erica Evans from Arkansas. My question to each of you is, how are we going to reach the younger generation starting from the top of the organization and working down and out? What, what do you see as a leader to help in that role? So let's start from the other end of the spectrum. Mr. Trot. Okay, again, I think it's something that's already going on. We don't communicate what we do very well. We've got a great student organization. I've been saying this for years. They're staying on board with us until they finish being a student. Where we lose out, and we've corrected that problem somewhat with a lady named Amanda who came along and now has the next generation going on. So we're doing it. We just got to communicate that we're doing it. We're picking up younger members, uh, and now we're able to have a place for you know them to be reta- retained when they get out of college. For a long time, there was a gap. When they got out of college, we lost them 26, 28 years old, and we didn't get them back till they were in their 40s. And now with the uh, next generation, we seem to be moving forward. So I, I really think that what evidently we're not doing is communicating the fact that we are moving ahead in this area. Ms. Donna? Yeah, this is really a, a passion of mine is, is to really work with getting more younger ne- members, not only getting younger members, but getting them involved. And I, I think that's really important. Uh, younger, The younger generation really, I think, feels... Uh, needs to feel needed <laughs> and to feel like they have a, an active part in the organization. And and so I, I, I think I'd like to see us maybe, you know, try to um, expand committees, you know, ACB committees and, and get some of those younger members involved on committees. They've got new ideas. And, um, and like David said, the student affiliate, obviously they're growing. They won the growth award <laughs> this year, and, and so that, that's great. Um, and so I, I think in our states, we need to you know, work with younger members. We all have some, most likely. Okay. Ms. Denise? Well, I'm looking at this from a slightly different perspective because as chair of the ACB Scholarship Committee, I am extremely concerned that we are still losing our students. And I am very, I am so excited with the, with the next generation group starting up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that is going to be a real bonus for us. But I think the other thing that we have got to start doing is speaking their language in the way that they uh, most respond. You can't help but feel disenfranchised if you feel like nobody really understands you and your issues and your concerns. And I think it's time that we, as older members in this organization, need to look at and really listen to what they are trying to tell us and talk to them in a, at a level that, that is most easy for them for communicating. Mr. Fred. Well, I believe that uh, the scholarships that we offer uh, do uh, bring in uh, young people. And the idea is that once they're brought in, they need to be given uh, things to do so they'll stay in. I think that's good. Mr. Mark. Makes my heart sing to hear my fellow candidates talk about communication. Again, I think it's about the story that we tell. It's the message that we give generally. I've made the point before that if you ask 10 random people out in the ACB membership world, what does ACB stand for and what should we be doing? I think you get a, there's some similar answers there, but quite frankly, you might get 11 different answers if you ask 10 different people. And, and, and the real question is, what's going to motivate folks? I would also argue that in addition to, to doing a lot better a job at communicating that vision and mission, we need to recognize that, frankly, younger people who are blind only, that's a small population. This organization needs to be welcoming of 
people who are blind or visually impaired who experience other disabilities, and quite frankly, that's the bulk of younger people and certainly kiddos coming along, and we need, need to be positioning this organization to be the place where folks who are experiencing vision loss along with those other conditions can come and be welcome. Mr. Ray. Thank you for the question. I. I uh, think that a couple things, uh, not only the next gen group, I think, is going to start to help us in this area, but we've got a young energetic advocacy specialist on staff in Claire Stanley. And I think if, a, if young people see that ACB has somebody working professionally for them that they can look up to, that's going to certainly help us as well. Uh, we need to meet young people where they're at. They don't want to sit in long meetings and stuff, but yet they'll, they'll, they'll advocate if there's a cause out there. We saw all those kids from Stoneman Douglas High School when they wanted to put, make their point. They got out there and got motivated. And if we can motivate young people like that with our advocacy work, I think that will help to get them involved. But, and that's, that's key, too. Getting them involved. Don't just get them in and have these token young people. Get them involved. Give them jobs to do. Social media. That's the kind of thing they're good at. And the last thing I'll say is they need to we need to help them recognize, though, that the civil rights and things that they have were fought for, and they need to help fight for them or they'll be taken away. Thank you. So... Larry, do we have a question from ACB Radio? You got to get Dan. Oh, oh, we don't want to hear from him. I'm sorry, Dan. Dan Spoon. <laughs> oh, thank you, I'm sorry. Paul. No, no problem. Thank you, Paul. And Erica, thank you for the question. And I think it's a challenge, and we have to be intentional about it, and we have to put a plan together. Uh, Amanda Selm did a great job, grassroots, of getting an organization started for Next Generation. She came to leadership. We laid out for her options, choices. Did she want to be a committee? Did she want to be an affiliate? We gave her the pros and cons of that. She chose, uh, their team chose to be a, a, a committee. And we worked with them to go to J.P. Morgan Chase, get a scholarship program in place, bring them to leadership. We had 15 excited folks under the age of 40 with their peers getting a chance to socialize, to advocate. They've now built on that. They came here to the convention, and they have 22 new people that have signed up this week. That's how we do it. We listen to them, and we support their ideas. Thank you. Thanks very much, Dan. And I, I'm sorry. It just uh, I apologize for, for not appearing to, um, to include you. This is Pat Sheehan. A question for all the candidates. What do you see going forward as the governance model for ACB. How would you describe it going forward? Let's see. Hmm. Who do we want to start with, Ms. Penny? Uh, let's start with Denise. Oh, they say to start with Denise. Well, that is a really good question. Um, I guess I, I think that we are really on a good path right now. I think we have a good strategic plan in place, and I think that as we move into the, fut into the future with the outcome of that strategic plan, which I totally believe needs to be communicated all the way down to the grassroots level, and in whatever direction it, we determine at that point, that it's going to be um, vi a viable uh, pathway, because I think we on the board are at a point where we now really know and realize what works and what doesn't and what is the work that we still need to do. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's do Dan next since I, since I missed him out the last time. Uh, very good. Hey, thank you, Pat. Thanks for the question. And uh, I believe what you're trying to get at is, is how do we want to be organized? What's our ACB.org ACB organizational structure for the future? And really, when we think about that, we have a lot of things that are across purposes right now. We have strategic planning action teams. Uh, we have 40 committees. We have 12 programs. And we have a staff that's assigned to different things. We have a board that's working on these things. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we can get that entire group of leadership working on the same page? And I think there's a real opportunity there. 
to define our programs from conventions to advocacy to membership and down the list, assign committees rolling up to those programs, and assign staff to those programs. And I think we can put that in place. We can start working collaboratively and not being on top of each other. So I think we have a real opportunity. Thank you. Um, look, can you pass it down to Fred? Well, I believe our constitution and bylaws are, are should be our, our governing document. And uh, uh, beyond that, the uh, constitutions of our affiliates and uh, that sort of thing should, should be uh, the ladder down the line as far as how, how we should conduct our operations. Thank you. Mark. Thanks so much. Um, so I've had the privilege over the years of working on a number of sides of the desk. I've been an ACB staff person, so heading up government affairs and advocacy services. Uh, have been a board chair several times in a number of contexts, and I've been the chief executive uh, uh, officer for the Professional Association of the Blindness World. So would I, I say I come to this with some, some experience, I hope you uh, understand that I mean that. I, when I hear phrases like what's a government governance model, I, I absolutely resist slogans and catchphrases and fad approaches to things. I would simply say that I hope that what happens, and I believe this will with the candidates we have, is that the president and the executive director, for all intents and purposes, have a platonic marriage, uh, that the board and, and the officers have a, a relationship that is similarly open where we can agree and, and agree to disagree when need be. And it also needs to absolutely be member driven. And if our, if our board isn't open to hearing from the members, we've got a problem. Thank you, sir. Donna? Yes. Uh, well, I, just to kind of piggyback a little bit, I, I think it is important that the membership um, be listened to. Um, but also, you know, where, where Dan was talking about, like, all those committees and stuff, gosh, I never really realized there was that many, but <laughs> I guess there is. Um, but w one thing that we, we did last year, and I don't know if every committee did this, but we did a timeline and, uh, and put down all the tasks that we do. And when, when you break it down, a lot of committees do overlap, and, and that really would be a wonderful thing if we could figure out a, a way to... I don't know, maybe streamline some of our tasks and, and, you know, work closer together. And then there's that big thing of communication, you know, with each, with communities communicate with each other, officers communicate with each other, board communicate with, you know, and the board and officers communicate with membership. David? Okay. I'm going to kind of sound like a parrot before tonight's over. But we've actually began this process. And uh, we did that, I think, with the strategic plan, lightly. But we had the visioning uh, group meet back in January. And we looked at this. And we know that to do the things that we want to do in ACB, we're going to have to be a membership-driven organization to have people come in to the table and ask us for advice rather than us have to tell them we, they need our advice we need members. And in order to need members, uh, in order to retain members, you're going to have to involve them. You're going to have to involve them at every level. And I think that that will be a natural evolution of what we've already started. So I believe that, that uh, we are moving forward. And I think some of the things that Dan mentioned are part of this evolution process. And I think, I think we're already you know, on the way there. I know folks will find it hard to believe, but uh, Ray? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, I can't add too much more to what's been said. I absolutely agree that at the root of our governance of this organization has got to be our membership. We always need to retain the membership as the supreme authority. Beyond that, I do think that um, we've got a lot of... Um, bureaucracy within ACB. I think the challenge is, how do you streamline that? How do you get the committees and, you know, the goal group, the, the action teams and the strategic plan and all of our affiliates uh, working together? Um, that's going to be a challenge and I think it's something that um, we need to look at ways to streamline if that means maybe a few less committees. Uh, I, we need to be willing to put all things on the table and uh, be willing to uh, 
you know, maybe give up some sacred cows if we have to, but it, it does need to be a streamlined or organization if we're going to get the work done we need to do. I'm Olivia, and um, question has to do with, do you have a representative from the next generation on the board, or maybe we need to think about that? Because I was thinking about what Mark said, and our stories are very important because, yes, while we uh, have very few young people, there are a lot of young people throughout the country that are willing, wanting to share their stories and also to learn from each other. We run a camp, and when we finish, the kids are all sad to leave because they're the only ones in the school, usually, who are visually impaired or blind, and they just look forward to the next year. So why do we have to wait a whole year? You know, people can no, be no, no. sharing with so each other. So your, your question is, why don't we have, have next-gen people on the board? Yes. Uh, okay. As a board, okay. a board rep, because they know what's okay. very good. Ray. Yep. Ray. I got the mic in my hand here. Thank you, um, Olivia. That's a a great question. Actually, um, it's, it's 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 a great idea, and I think um, we need to figure out a way to either uh, find a way to. You know, that maybe some of us need to bring some of the next-gen people with us and kind of mentor them and shepherd them through the board uh, process to see what it's like. They may not want to be on the board after they see that, but who knows. Um, but I'm going even a step further than that. Um, I heard something the other day at a caucus that, you know, maybe we need to look at uh, having some affiliate reps on the board as well to uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, look at that, look at those things. I think, first of all, though, my first step would be the affiliate liaison program that we talked about, I want that more formalized and I want some expectations put behind it both for the liaisons and for the affiliates as far as uh, working that out. I know that may be a little touchy, but I think that's where we need to start and then go on with some of these other ideas from there. David? Actually, I don't know if they're affiliated with that committee or not, but we have some people on the board in that age group already. Um, we have Sarah Conrad, of course, and, and also Katie Frederick. So it, it's, and, and then if you get just a few years older, I know he was disappointed when he found out he didn't qualify for next gen, Michael Talley, who we elected last year. So, you know, realistically, um, even with old man uh, Mark here, who is going to be running for office, the board is getting younger, and uh, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's part of that natural evolution we talked about just now. We, we're getting to that point, um, and, and we're hearing what you're saying. So when you ask a question, if we're smart, we listen to what you're saying, and we take it back with us. So I, I think that what you want is already there. Thank you. Donna? As soon as I get the mic. Okay. Yeah, um, and to... Um, tag team that there. Um, Katie Frederick is, is actually one of the younger people, <laughs> and she's the chair of one of the strategic planning goal groups um, and the chair of the public relations committee, or I think that's what it's called. Um, so, you know, there, there are some people out there, and um, but that is a, a really good question. And I I have a feeling, you know, next week, uh, excuse me, next year, there's going to be some board positions open, and I feel pretty certain that that some younger people will run and and feel pretty confident and and ready to run for those positions. Mark, hold on just a second. Olivia, uh, good to hear your voice. You were one of the kind people on the uh, board that hired me at AER, and I know you'll remember this, uh, that we talked about at that time, you know, let's, what about student memberships within AER, for example? Or should we have a student board position and dedicated? And I think one of the things that's a risk in talking about things like that is that we end up then tending to kind of pigeonhole or almost sort of silo, oh, we've got this position or this seat available for this particular group, and we filled it, and now we're done. 
I'm not suggesting that the idea is wrong. I would just simply say that's got to be part, if we're going to do it, part of a larger picture that, frankly, isn't about putting someone in a seat, but it's about empowering people and, again, listening to their stories and lifting and communicating that story out so that we get more of those next-gen folks in to choose from to put in those seats. Dan? Thank you, Ray. And thank you for the question, Olivia. And it's really, you know, things in ACB are evolutions, not revolutions. And I think we've done a lot in the last few years, and we're continuing to do more. I first would like you to look at our staff. We've hired Eric Bridges, who just had his 40th birthday, who's our executive director. We've hired two new folks in the advocacy area, Clark Rackful and Claire Stanley, that are both in the next generation area, as well as Kelly Gask and uh, Nicole Beto. So really five of our staff members are 40 or under, which is pretty exciting. And you can feel the energy when you, when you uh, get in touch with the office in both Minneapolis and Alexandria. We also are doing it with next generation folks. Uh, Maria from uh, New York just talked to him the other day about <clears throat> getting involved in the International Relations Committee. So I think the more we are intentional, the more progress we're gonna make with folks Hi. in that age room. Denise? I would just like to piggyback on uh, what Dan was just sharing. I, I truly believe that yes, we need representation from various entities on our board. But I wouldn't want someone just coming on the board just because they represented a particular group. I would really like to see us begin to work with and mentor the next gen uh, group, bring them in, get them onto committees, get them excited, help them get experience and become knowledgeable about ACB and what it's all about, because it's only then that they will be able to come on to the board and bring to the board what I truly believe they will be able to, both in terms of energy, in terms of vitality, and in terms of great ideas. Thank you. Fred. <clears throat> uh, uh, yes. Um, I believe we need to encourage the the younger people to uh, uh, come on board, join us, and uh, take up positions uh, uh, on uh, the committees, the, uh, and then work their way onto the board. Uh, I guess that's a good Thank you. Another question from the audience? I think I've, I got everyone this time. Yeah, you did. Okay. Hello. My name is Debbie. I am a new member to ACB. I have been a member for about half a year and I came to this convention. I have been through this endeavor with other organizations of how to attract younger members. And I would like to possibly, uh, not that I want to see you do, but I can throw out a few things that I no, we, could that, see that you might I, want to do. We really appreciate your ideas, but what we need from you, if you have one, is a question, and I'd actually prefer it not to be on next gen, if we can help it, because we've talked a lot about that, and I recognize it's important, but I'd like to get some variety if we can. So okay. first, do you have a question rather than comments? Um, I guess my question is, do you have anybody who is very active in social media and, and trying to reach the younger generation. So I, I'm going to rephrase your question a little bit. Uh, what, what kind of work is, uh, do you believe ACB needs to do, uh, particularly involving social media, that would help us to reach younger generations? And let's make this a quickie, you guys, and do 30 seconds each, starting with Denise. Well, I think certainly social media is extremely important, and I think we just really need... To, yes, we do have people who um, are expert in that area, and we need to utilize it a lot more in telling our story. Thank you. Fred? Uh, yes, I, I do believe that the, the social media is a, a good output uh, area for, for getting young people involved. 
Thank you. Um, Donna? Uh, actually, I, I, we do have a, we are getting more active in social media. Um, we have our great staff person, Kelly Gask, who is constantly putting things out there on, on Twitter and I guess Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, we have board members who are active social media users. And, and at the Board of Publications today, you know, it, it was um, stated that they, you know, they would be willing to assist affiliates too with using social media. Mark? Here we go. Um, again, social media, great. Uh, it's not so much the tool, but how you use it, so to speak. And, and I would say that, again, uh, we, we may crank out a lot of info. The question I would challenge us uh, to, to, to spend a lot of time working on is how we go about telling a unified story to the extent we can that unifies the various challenges, issues, and concerns that we want to crank out through social media that our membership has. That unifying frame and messaging is really key. Dan? Thank you for the question. And I think we've got the first building blocks in place. We have a brand new acb.org website. We have Facebook presence, Twitter presence. We're doing a great job of doing podcasts now on a regular rhythmic weekly basis. And uh, we, we are now even offering constant contact to be able to get directly to our membership. Our next step is we really have to come up with a national campaign and brand and market ACB across the country. David. Okay, again, again, like everybody says, we're already in the process of doing it. Uh, Katie Frederick is probably our lead on that. She's doing a great job, and she's one of our next-gen age people that's on the board. Also, we have a YouTube presence now, so uh, we're touching Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, pretty much all aspects of social media, and I think we just need to keep moving forward with what we're doing. Thank you, Ray. Take this a little different direction. Uh, everybody's talked about the great social media team that we have. I absolutely agree. Um, we need to do two things. One, move into other social media channels like Instagram and LinkedIn. And two, we need to get help get our affiliates more active on social media. Thank you, Ray. All right. Another question from the audience. Unless Larry has an ACB radio question. Nope. No. They're so enchanted with But us. there are 572,456 people listening, right, Larry? <laughs> okay, hi. This is, this is Mary Heroyan from Massachusetts. And my question is, I'm wondering what value you put on the opportunity to be able to just interact with members on a one-to-one -one basis. In situations when, like at a convention, when you run into someone, whether you're waiting at the elevator, standing in line, <clears throat> what value do you place on that opportunity to interact with members, whether they're longtime members or, or new members? Start with Fred. Well, uh, last night I was uh, coming back from uh, an evening function I was at, and uh, there was somebody there who was coming back to the same hotel I'm at, and I did help him get back to the hotel. So I, I think that was a, a way of interacting. Cool. David? Yeah, for, for you people that know me, when, when I first started running back in the early 2000s, I made a commitment to you that I was your board member, that I would always be open to you. And I think convention after convention, when I came to your convention or whatever, uh, I'm not just an officer in this organization. I'm a volunteer. I may take you to the restroom. I may take you out to smoke. I may take you to the ACB cafe. And when you talk to me, I'm listening to what you have to say. I'm your conduit to the board. I always have been. And if you elect me tomorrow, I'll continue to be. And I think, I think that's the attitude that we all need to take because we're all just members here, folks. We're not any different than anybody else. We're just members. Ray? To, to coin a phrase I heard a, a coach say, I don't care if we're the president or the newest member, we all put our clothes on the same way. 
And what I'd say is that, and just in the last two years, I've had a couple occasions where, you know how you get that feeling that this person really needs to talk to me, so I need to talk to him. A couple years ago at our state convention, a gentleman came, somebody recently lost his sight, he just wanted to talk to somebody. And I sat there probably for, we sat there probably 10, 15 minutes just talking with him, and I tried to encourage him to come to some of our events at that convention. The second one was uh, just two days ago, actually. I was up on stage getting ready to uh, go off, head to a luncheon, and a member from New York came up and wanted to speak with me about something. And we stood there and talked for maybe five, 10 minutes. And that was important to do that, and that's what we all need to be doing. Donna? You know, I'll talk to a lamppost. So, no, truly, I mean, I... I, I, (laughs) That's true. No, I I, I just... uh, That's that's just invaluable to me, um, to to talk to people, to listen to people. Um, So... I, I, don't, I don't even know what else to say other than, you know, I, I think it's very important um, for any, all of us, whether we're running for the board or not, to, you know, talk with each other and especially new people. And, and you know, I, I mean, it's the, the first convention or even your second or third convention. It's still scary, you know, and it's, it's, it's all new. Um, so anyway, I, talk to me. I'll, I'll listen. I, I'm a pretty good listener, too. Um, so anyway, it's pretty important to me. Mark? Thanks so much. So I, you know, people mostly know me for doing so many presentations on advocacy and the resolution stuff and everything else. I, I most assuredly am a talker when I'm talking about issues and people and causes I care about. But I will tell you that, uh, and I've said this before in ca- other caucuses, I'm really not a big fan of talking about myself. And uh, I think those of you who I have worked with and talked to one-on-one, you'll find that I'm more of a questioner than I am an answerer. I want to find out what you're thinking. I think we can all find out an awful lot more and learn a lot more from the questions we ask. And, uh, and, and I do tend to be much more of a listener in a one-on-one kind of environment or one-on-one situation or small group. Um, doesn't mean that uh, I can't talk a blue streak. It just means that I certainly enjoy that one-on-one interaction and listening and learning about other people much more than I like talking about me. Dan? Uh, thank you, Paul, and thank you for the question. Uh, to me, ACB, why ACB, Florida Council of the Blind, Greater Orlando Council of the Blind, why Leslie and I got involved many years ago were for support to find people that were going through this journey, uh, blindness and visual impairment, and and for us to learn from them and for us to share our stories. And that has never ended. Uh, When we come here, we meet friends, we help folks, folks help us. Uh, Just today, Leslie had a woman sobbing in her arms because she had just lost a close friend. Those are, those are poignant moments, and those are why we're involved. The advocacy is important, but what's number one is all of us in realizing that we don't get here the same way, and you have to realize, as Terry Blessings, one of my original mentors, said, until you've walked in their moccasins, you don't know how they feel. So always remember that. Denise? Thank you, Mary, for that question. I love it. I don't think we would be very good board members if we just removed ourselves from the general membership and we didn't talk and we didn't put ourselves out there. That is definitely what I want to do is to put myself out there to be approachable and to be available to talk to anyone at any time about any issue because I need the members to help me underst- help me understand what's important to all of you. I can't, I can't be a good board member and do the kind of work in ACB that I want to do because I love this organization so much if I don't know what the, the general membership, the average, the average member feels and wants and needs to know. So that's my pledge that I want to be available and approachable. Very good. Is there one more question? And after that, 
what we're going to do is, is we're going to work from the bottom up, starting with Fred and Donna, uh, and then working gradually upwards through the officers. So we'll do treasurer, then secretary, then second vice president, then first vice president, and then we'll let the president have the last word with a closing statement of no longer than a minute. If you guys can manage shorter, that would be cool. <laughs> hint, hint. Okay, my name is Marion Howell. I, for many years, I accompanied my daughter to this convention as a sighted person. One year ago, I lost my vision. And I have listened to many of the questions tonight are questions that I heard 10 years ago. <laughs> And I'm, I'm wondering how, how far and how fast we can move up and, you know, get some of these things settled. Um, I, I was wondering if the uh, vision statement that was made earlier, is that important to you as our president and the other people that are up there, goals that were set, how, do, how are you going to work them into your uh, presentation and your work that you're going to do? So, Marion, I, I, I need to ask you to clarify for me because we can go in one of two ways, and I'm going to tell you what, what those two ways are, and you tell me which you want. Um, one is... Um, Tell me about how you'll implement our long-range plan. And the other is, what's your vision for ACB? Well, uh, that I am not, I'm not sure. Which do you want, dear one? All right, the vision for ACB. All right, what's your vision for ACB? Yes. So we'll start with Fred. Uh, my vision for ACB is uh, to help those with uh, low vision and totally blind uh, to be uh, the best uh, members of, 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 the, of the citizenry of this country that it's possible for them to be. Thank you. Miss Donna. Okay, um, yeah, my vision for um, ACB, I, I think, is uh, for um, us to uh, do every, everything we can to um, advocate, provide programs for blind and low vision people of all ages. Um, sometimes different age groups get forgotten, thinking of sometimes seniors. <laughs> um, so and to do everything we can to provide so services to live more independent and productive lives for people of all ages. Mr. Ray. Marion, my vision for ACB is pretty simple. And that is um, the, to have an organization that welcomes people who are blind or visually impaired, regardless of where they are in their life, from recent vision loss to having been blind all their life, an organization that works tirelessly to help these people meet and, 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 and overcome the challenges that they have and fights like hell for the civil rights of the people who are blind or visually impaired. Mr. Dan. I think we've, we've done a good job. We've actually defined a, a vision statement and a set of core values. So we're heading down the path of really uh, trying to put some intention behind our thoughts and actually uh, write them down and execute them. So I believe we have to get to the point where we create a more accountable culture, where we are driven at some level by goals and objectives uh, I had an opportunity to do this with our audio description project when uh, Kim gave me the, the chance to be the chair of that committee for the last six years. 
It, it's been an evolution, as I said, and not a revolution, but this year we defined 43 objectives across eight work streams. Uh, there are smart objectives that are easily measurable. We meet uh, every three months to evaluate those objectives, and it's amazing if you make things intentional and create a plan how much you can get done, and I think that's what we need to do. Mark? My fellow candidates are giving you good answers on that specific question. I just want to address your point, though, about, gee, uh, it seems like we've been talking about the same things for the last 10 years, or even, indeed, the last 40 years. Uh, you're right, but I want, to, I want to make sure that folks, you and everybody else in this room, understand, sure, the, I, I can give you all, the perfect example is the employment rate of, among people who are blind and visually impaired. We haven't moved that needle at all, and yet, just imagine what we've had been, uh, what we have accomplished just in the last decade on technology and other issues. We win some, we lose some, but you only win when you show up. And that's what we have to continue to do at ACB. And when we don't make progress, we need to be frank about it. But we also need to do a lot more to celebrate those victories so that people understand that the American Council of the Blind punches well above its weight in terms of the success that we've had. And people should know that and be excited to be a part of that. David? I'm going to kind of take over where Mark left off. Um, about 15 years ago, a fellow by the name of Brian Charlson and I were sitting in a board meeting, and he said, you know, David, I would like to see us sit down, and Microsoft and some of these companies listen to us. We had a lot of issues back then. Hey, folks, we're there. We're constantly evolving. And when we started the visioning process that she referred to back in January, we realized what we have to do to evolve. We, we've got to continue to grow our membership and to look for expertise within our organization so when the Microsofts and the Apples and the Amazons come to us that we have the ability to put the right people at the table with them. And that's what we're trying to do and I think we're doing a darn good job of it. So we just need to keep moving forward. Denise. My vision for ACB is that we will become the most welcoming, inclusive, organization we can be. I want that to be more than just words. I want this to be an organization where it really is functioning at the grassroots level and where any person coming through the door will feel welcomed, will know that they're welcomed, will know that they're valued, will know that whatever their issues are, if they are important, will know that they have something of value to bring to this organization. And that's what I want to see happen. Thank you. So we're going to start from the bottom up, and each of you will get an opportunity to um, make a final impression on our audience to uh, say whatever it is you want to say to the folks who are going to vote tomorrow. Fred. First of all, thank you to the Board of Publications uh, for having hosted this uh, uh, forum uh, or town hall meeting. Uh, uh, I, I just want to say that I've, I've served a good many years on the CCLI board, uh, and uh, now I feel that I'm ready, if given the chance, to move up to the ACB board. Thank you very much. Donna. Also, um, along with thanking the Board of Publications, thank all of you for coming and those of you that um, had questions for us. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I just want to say that I, I'm just grateful that I have the opportunity to even possibly serve on the board and, and I can assure you that if, if I do get elected uh, tomorrow that I, I will do my best to serve you well and I just have a, a passion for ACB, for its members, um, affiliates and just again thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. David? Yes, in 1976, I wanted to join ACB, and I was too young. So I worked with my local chapter in a little town called Gadsden, Alabama. From there, I moved forward. 
I, I started working for ACB and I've worked at every level in ACB that I could, uh, be it committees, be it cleaning off the tables, it did not matter. ACB has been the driving force in my life because I believe in the goals and objectives of this organization and always have. I hope that we can find people in our organization that has the love for ACB that Rhonda and I do and the willingness to serve that we do as a couple when they're retired because we'll have a great organization if we could get that many people going. Thank you. Denise. My heart is really with ACB at this point. It has been for a number of years, and I've been given the opportunity to take steps up to this point from Board of Publications member and chair to board member to scholarship chair and now to ACB secretary. I love this organization. I want to serve this organization. I want to be the person who will listen to you and what you have to say. And I assure you that if I am elected, I will give 110% to this organization because it is, it is valuable, it is important, it is needed, and we need, to, we need to be strong and we need to be united in all that we do. Ray. One of our ACB angels, my dear friend MJ Schmidt, was my mentor coming into ACB, and she told me that, you know, do, if you, you know, listen and learn and be accountable for what you're doing, you'll go places. I would, this is, this is our organization. I would dearly appreciate your vote tomorrow for the Office of Second Vice President, and if I am fortunate enough that you elect me, I would ask you to hold me accountable for what I've said, both on my candidates page and in all these caucuses, and hold me, put my feet to the fire, and ask me in six months, hey, have you done this? Have you done that? How is that going? How is this thing working? That's what it's all about. It's our organization. I'd appreciate your vote, and I thank everyone for attending this evening. Mark. So I've been blind all my life, all of my adult life. I've spent working for not only ACB, but other organizations of and for people who are blind. It's been the privilege of a lifetime to be able to participate and do that and to actually get paid to do that. That's been amazing. No longer paid per se to work for folks who are blind or visually impaired, which gives me an opportunity to do it now on my own terms as my own man. Uh -huh. And I got to say, I'm really excited about it. I love being parts of teams. I don't really, I've never really had an ambition to be a, a, a team captain, but I sure want to be part of the team. And every now and then, if I get to maybe make, run that play that helps us win, that, that's, that's a success to me. And I want to be a part of that. And I'm excited about the kind of team that you've got in front of you here. I'm really looking forward to being part of it. Would love to have your vote, not only for myself, but for my fellow candidates. I think this team and this coming board is going to be moving, moving mountains. And finally, for president, Mr. Dan Spoon. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for being here this evening. Thank you, ACB listener, ACB radio listeners, for, for your participation. And thank you, Kim Charlson, for being there the last six years for our organization and guiding it through a lot of transition and back to financial health. We are a unique team that's in front of you this evening. We're all officer candidates, but we're all running unopposed. So please, I want you to look at us as this is potentially your team moving forward. And I think we're a team that offers all a very large, good strength of a variety of skills, of capabilities. I'm very impressed with the cooperation, the collegiality that we've been able to form in the board over the past uh, six and seven years. And I look forward to your vote for all of us in the, in the morning moving forward. And thank you for being a member of ACB. Hello, everybody. This is Penny. I want to thank all the candidates for coming tonight. 
and giving us such wonderful answers. It's obvious that all of you love ACB, and it's obvious that all of you will be fabulous uh, uh, officers and servants in ACB. Uh, and now we just have to make choices. Uh, the BOP holds these events because we know that democracy depends on an informed electorate, and you guys have helped inform this electorate tonight. So thank you all very much. Thank all of you for your questions. Come and vote tomorrow. If you can't vote, please find your delegate and let that person know how you would like to vote. And good evening. Thank you so much.